0: with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm here with Tom DeAngelis and Tom Fertle. How you guys doing? Good, good you, Rob. Overall, Rob? All right, good to be here. Good to be here. Welcome back those who've joined us before and welcome to those who are new Reflections from the heart is a gospel reflection and that means we will look at the gospel for this coming Sunday but we'll look at it before we hear it for the first time in Mass and uh, we'll read it here in the studio and uh, and we'll just see what the Holy Spirit has to, has to say to us and, uh, and and just see where we may be able to, to live the gospel more fully. So as you're listening and participating wherever you are, usually a word or a phrase will jump out at you, and uh, and, the, and the Lord may want to speak into your life through that. So let's, uh, let's pray for each other on this journey. Before we read the gospel, Tom, can you open us up with a prayer, please?
2: Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, as we break open the word, we ask you to break open our hearts. Prepare us, Lord, for what you would speak to us today. Prepare us for your inspiration, prepare us for your message, prepare us to receive the good things that you have in store for us, love, hope, mercy, courage. Make us ready to receive, make us your vessels, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, that all we may do will bring you honor today and each day. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 In the, name of the Father and the Son of the Holy
3: Spirit.
1: Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Tommy D., can you okay. read the gospel? Thank
3: yep. you. Okay. Again, this is uh, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the, the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him. And likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Jesus Christ. Interesting that we're reading this gospel today coming off of a pretty amazing week in, in the diocese here of, of visits, visits to all uh, seven of the Catholic high schools in the diocese. And uh, our friend Eric Maul, right? Is that how you mm-hmm. pronounce that name? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, there's a CD of of his life story, being all in, and uh, that's what that's what I think of when I when I hear this at the end. They left everything and followed him. And when you hear Eric's story of, you know, going through, you know, being an exceptional athlete in high school and college, making it to the NFL, and he got the call and he literally left everything. So Tom, I know you spent. A lot of time this week, you were at all seven of those mm-hmm. those school visits. I, yeah. I was just at one. I had met Eric before and listened to his CD. But, um, you know, you, what what struck you the most about about his story?
3: Well, I think the I think the most important thing was that um, even even from the start, he was not uh, he he had a special quality about him. Uh, he did all that he did to you know become a great athlete, a state level at you know state uh, championship athlete. Um, Standout in college, NFL draft pick, uh, played for e- two years with the Cleveland Browns and then with the uh, with the uh, New York Jets. But all those things that he did, he he did for the approval of a, he did because he want he just wanted to be loved. And he said he said that in his talk over and over again when he was talking with the the different schools. He said every time I got to another level, you know, I was state I was a state champion in every sport that I played in high school. Now am I good enough? You know and and then i i got you know i got a full scholarship and the first person from my little community in ohio to get a full scholarship to a division 1 school now am i good enough and um so he always had this deep you know need for love and i think when he reached the the pinnacle and he found himself empty he asked himself you know where do i go for this love because here's where i've been i've been drilling for it here and it's a dry hole you know there's not there's no oil here there's nothing and so he left everything and went out into the desert for three years. and And uh, as many great great saints have been have been known to do. Uh, and then he when he did find the Lord and had this fulfillment where he saw himself as somebody who was loved, he then was compelled, again, as happens with many saints, to leave the hermitage and go out and be with the homeless. You know, so he went from being a NFL star with all the cars and the, you know, the house and the, you know, the fame and the ESPN interviews and all that business to being, uh, hugging homeless guys out in the street and felt more fulfilled, you know, and that was his story. It was a great story. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that struck me the most is that we have, we all have this need for love and, uh, you know i think that must be what at some level what was behind this like we've got to be with this guy you know here in the story in our gospel story we've got to be with this guy we we got to be around him you know there's something special about this you know as uh, as we look into this you know into the scripture a little bit more deeply i think that's that's somewhere behind this you know these guys had just had to be with him you know to the point where they gave everything up and walked away, which is exactly what Eric did. Great story, great witness on his part. Yeah,
2: and, and to your point, Tom, you know <clears throat> what what um, Eric had stressed is it was a relationship. You know, it's yeah. like like so yep. many people, you know, I, you know, he talked about you know you know religious head programs and Catholic school and 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 knowing of God and learning of God and knowing about Jesus and um, but not knowing him, and it and it wasn't until like you said that 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 time away that that relationship really and then then he would wake up every day as he says like you know following Jesus not you know that 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 became that became the key and um you know definitely the early apostles being called it was about relationship come and follow me you know yeah. don't come and follow what i said or don't come and follow some idea or some concept or come learn about me but come and follow me and 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 be with me and you know um, you know they they, they begin by uh, when we read, read the part about you know washing their nets. I mean they were they were done. You know, they, yeah, they they were done. All right, you know we gave it a shot and um, but then that 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 voice of the Lord. Well, let's let's try again. Let's try someplace else. And uh, I think how many times in many areas of our life, but definitely our spiritual life, we're like you know well I prayed about that. I'm done. You know, I, I something came up, some idea, some uh, some challenge. I prayed, didn't work, didn't you know? And 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 we're so quick to to wash the nets, so quick to you know. And how many times does the Lord say, "Well, have another shot at it," but this time yeah. let's do it this way, you know? Because again, you know, I want Lord to respond to you know the way I pray, the way I approach Him. Thank you very much. I, I'd like <laughs> I like you to do it my way. And um, now, you know, I think many times. The Lord comes back, but let's 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 go out into the deep water a little bit. Let's just let's um, you know. Let's see your resolve. Let's see uh, whether you really do trust. Yeah.
3: You know. Well, not not only the deep put out into the deep water, but also isn't it the, the way life is? So many times where we get to the point where we've done we, what we think is as much as we can do. Mm. We've given as much as we can, and something just eggs at you, that just give it one more try. You, know, you go out and you don't go out maybe with a, this much energy or but, and then it gets delivered. You know, the the whole load comes at one time. So it's, it's kind of like this because this is not a small catch here. I mean, these guys are, mm-hmm. f- first of all, as they, they're amazed and then secondly, they can't get everything in the boats, you know? So isn't that so many times how it happens where the Lord takes you to the end of your faith? And then when you don't you don't think you can do anymore, you don't have anything left anymore. He says, "Just try it one more time." And you go, "Well, because it's you, I'll do mm-hmm. it." You know, and and you do it, and then he says, "Okay, now you do, now you now you've got it. Now you've now you've got the connection." So that's that's what I wanted.
1: And, and as you guys are sharing, I, uh, I was thinking of where did Jesus send him? He didn't say, "Okay, let's let's park the boat, drag it to another lake, and we'll try." Yeah. He sent him back out. Into the waters where they failed, yeah. all right? So, in our lives and in the different roles we play, um, God can turn all things to good, right? So, if we have quote unquote failed, you know, as the world would say, failure is, God may want us to go back into those same waters to fish again, to try again, to serve again, to love again. Um, so, are, are we? Or do, do we trust him enough to go back into those same waters where it didn't it didn't work out quite so so well yeah. the first time? Uh, that's yeah. So I'm I'm really feeling a call to trust.
3: It really it really hit me too this week with uh, again listening to Eric's story about coming out of the NFL coming out of a hermit's life for 3 years where he just spent time with the lord and and with the the scriptures and his spiritual director but then going out to work in the streets and he said that you know he he expected he went out to the streets and he was going to share Jesus's love with with the homeless you know and the first response for weeks was who is this guy what are you doing here i mean he didn't use the language but you could kind of gather from the way mm-hmm. he was talking that these were, you know, these are street people. They're like, what? What are you coming out here for? Like, they were suspicious of him. They thought maybe he was a he was a police officer undercover or something. You know, and they and they weren't they weren't sure about him because because he was behaving in a way that they didn't behave to each other. You know, he was he was reaching out to them. He wanted to hear their stories. He wanted to talk to them. He wanted to share, you know, himself with them, share the message of of the person of Jesus who he had found after the you know during these three years. And, uh, and so many times, you know, he's, he just kept going back and fishing in the same water. He kept going out into the deep. He kept going out where he was vulnerable, where he would get hurt and he'd come back and then he would, you know, and, and in fact, he didn't, he didn't come back. He slept with him. You know, he was there in the, in the, uh, shelters with them. He ate with them in soup kitchens, you know, he, cause he had given everything away. So he was one of them. He lived like them, but he wanted to live like them and share Jesus with them, which was different. So, um. But that's that's what, exactly what you're talking about, Rob. It's going out into the deep over and over again, and making yourself vulnerable, and 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 then eventually things start to happen. You know, and, when, and he left the last um, visit that we did. He and his his beautiful wife and two children are headed to New York City. He's going into the Bronx, and he's going to spend a few days with uh, his brothers and, and with the Marian Fathers. And uh, they're going to they're gonna minister to the homeless. He's going to be out there with the homeless people, sleeping right. with them, eating with them. You know.
1: It's an interesting time. I had a chance to speak to some of the missionaries. Uh, Eric wasn't there at the time. And we were talking about their experience of being out there with you know, those that, mm-hmm. are, that are homeless. And, and they don't just do like dump and runs. They, they go, they stay. When they leave, they come back. Like so, they develop relationships with with right, these people, right. yeah. uh, which is really awesome. And I said, "Well, what what is what What surprised you the most?" I asked. There was a group of you know four of them. We were talking, and the one guy said that what they what they were most appreciative for wasn't anything material. They were most appreciative when I remembered their name, called them by name, when I sat down, looked them in the eyes. And stayed and just like hung out with them and like you said, Eric would talk about hearing their stories. Yeah. And in the one school that I was able to to be with you guys this week, I, I heard him say to the hundreds of high school students, he said, "You know, this isn't really me. I would much rather just go in a room and, and just meet with you one on one, and just sit there with you and look in your eyes and." Ask you your story and your story, you know, yeah. what are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your, you know, some of your, you know, successes and failures? And just just spend time just with you. And he said when the bishop was talking to you and praying, I, you know, I, I was trying to look at each of your faces. So when I'm speaking to you, although I'm in front of hundreds of you, I want to speak to you as if I'm talking just to you. I, I thought that was really beautiful, and you can yeah. tell it comes from a heart of of giving that, of giving himself, because when he gave everything away, he didn't have money to give, he didn't have food to give, he right. just had himself to give, which is the greatest gift that we have and and the gift that that the people on the other end need the most is that connection, that human connection. and when that and when that human, Eric, in this case, was filled with Jesus, they're connecting with Jesus right. in that in that encounter.
2: You know, is his his growth and the growth of the missionaries. I mean, that I'm sure they would say it's it's from it's from stretching. It's from pushing yourself into new practices, new um, you know contemplations, just you know new exercises, spiritual exercise that you haven't done before. And I think it's you know the the uh, the neat duality there is you know as a as someone who was a high school standout division one scholar athlete, then make it the NFL. You know, there's no doubt in his, on his physical side of things that he would work on his entire game. He would go to the weight room and work on every part of his body. He would do all the things that you know, like like we go into the gym, like oh, I'm doing chest and biceps again. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. what about your calf? You know, what about your cardio? Like you know, we get caught, and so spiritually, we get caught up in our what we what's comfortable and we don't stretch. But you know, the pros in, in athletes or in any industry, they work on their weaknesses. They work on that, you know, if, if the, the, the basketball player who, has, who is not good at free throws spends the extra time working on the free throws, they work on the weak parts of their game. They work on the weak, weak parts of what they don't know or have to study. And I think, you know, many times in our faith, how many times we run away from that? You know, there's a teaching. Well, I'm not quite sure where I am on that, so I'll just, I'll just bypass that, you know. And it seems like a no, not a big deal, but then it'll come back around later, and, and then that one little weak spot, you know, if you're not to get, you know, like, you know, whatever physiology here, but if, you know, if you don't have strong, you know, what if your hamstrings are weak, I don't know, care how strong your back is, you're going to pull something, right? right? So in our spiritual life, if, you know, in our, in our faith life, if we're weak in, in, in one particular area um, and, we, and we neglect that and, and let it go or that one little teaching keeps nagging at us, if we don't work on that, it's going to come out somewhere else. It's going to permeate. So it's important in our spiritual life, um, like our other areas of life, that that we do stretch, that we do, um, you know, work on the weaknesses, that we do seek further understanding and and, and not be afraid to to plumb those depths and to, and to poke and prod and to, you know, try to work some of the junk out instead of, saying, well, I'll, I'll let that part go. No, nah, it's, you know, we're called to grow, and I think, you know, these guys who have, have done this ministry and um they they stretched themselves. So think about our own spiritual lives. What can I stretch? What am I neglecting? What am I you know overlooking? and uh, you know where can I where can I have some opportunities for growth?
1: He shared Eric shared something with me. He's you know newly married, I guess last half, last few years, two kids. And uh, before he was married, obviously, he's single, right? So he was able to to serve the Lord in pretty, you know pretty generous ways in terms of his time. And he said that a spiritual advisor said to him, "If you want to serve the Lord, stay single. Stay single because you can travel, you can work all hours, you you can you can just go. And you know, so if you want to serve the Lord, stay single. If you want to love like Jesus, enter into family life, because that requires there's no off clock. There's I mean, retire requires that self-sacrificial love." Uh, dying to yourself for the good yeah. of, of, of another. Yeah, so it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing.
3: Well, and that's interesting, Rob, because that off the, you know, off the stage type of conversation he had with you helps illuminate something that uh, he said over and over again at all the seven high schools that we went to. Which is toward, to, toward the end of his talk, uh, is you know, be be Jesus to other. People in the school, he said, because you're you're the church. He said, this is a family, you know, and that when you when you um, experienced you, when you come to know Jesus in your life, you know, he, he talked about you know knowing all about um, like Tom Brady, you know, he he brought that up over because of the Super Bowl, you know, it's just we just went through that. He said you can know his number, his stats, his you know his history, his wife's name, you know everything about him, but if you show up at his door, <laughs> will he say? Oh, yeah, I know you It doesn't matter how much you know about him do you Does he know you? Do you know him? Yeah. You know does he recognize you? Are you somebody that he he said and that's what he had to get to know Jesus, but that's what you share when you go out with the homeless. It's also what we have to learn to share in some very profound way, I think, in our families, with our children with our spouses and um uh, and it's it's the greatest gift that's you know that's what he talked about of course bishop reinforced all of this but it's the greatest gift we can give to another person is to invite them into our family and he talked about that he said you can transform this school just invite everybody into your family invite that person who's doesn't have any friends who's standing at the locker by themselves who's maybe had a bad day invite them into your family you know basically invite them into the person that you are and be open with them and you know so and that's being, I can and that's see where that of men, like yeah Jesus, right I, I can see where that comment he made to you really feeds into what he had said over and over and over again to the kids about family you know because kids in high school talk they talk about family all the time teams talk about family everybody family this family that family that but is it really a family? I mean, are they really open and accepting to each other? You know, when we have kids being bullied, when we have kids that are, you know, um, driven to drugs and trying to escape and, you know, all kinds of other things that are going on there. Is it, you know, people are using each other in, in, you know, sexual relationships they shouldn't be in. Are they really family? Are they just keeping each other warm? You know, they're just sitting next to each other. Are they really open to each other? Are they really sharing Christ with each other? And that really really was... uh, Put that in relief yeah made that made that clearer
1: yeah the opposite of love isn't hate the opposite of love is use yeah right so if if we fall into that lifestyle of, of using others or you know substances for our pleasure and our our, our gain that's uh, that's yeah it's not any way to treat a family a family right. member yeah right. that's good Tom. thank you
2: and and still there's hope to return. You know, I, I, I think of, you know, so here's, here's uh, you know, the apostles, and they, they just, they, they followed, they followed the Lord, and they said, okay, we'll go where you want to go. And then when they were blessed, you know, the, the reaction wasn't, thank you, oh, that's awesome. like, yeah. wait a minute, it was this realization, you know, depart from me, Lord. Like, I'm no yeah. good, I don't, I don't deserve this, you're, you're laying this, blood, this bounty on me, uh-uh. I'm damaged goods. I, I messed up. I, I haven't I haven't embraced the, you know the family. I don't I don't deserve this. I, I have used or I've I've jilted or I've whatever. and uh, no, you know that that's I mean these are these are the people who went on to be the leaders of the church. You know, and if God always uses imperfect people, I mean, it's you know, it's what He has, it's what He has to work with. So, yeah. you know, where, wherever we've been, again, it, it's never too many times to remind people that you know we, we we're always welcome, we're always welcome back home. Um, it, it doesn't matter. And this is a, this scripture gives us a great example of that. So, you know, who are who am I to be blessed? Who am I to have success? Who who am I to be holy? Who am I to you know think that I you know could be a saint? Well, I mean, like, who are you not to think that way? You know, you weren't, you know, you, you weren't put here because, I mean, when I was a kid, one of my favorite T-shirts, you know, um, you know as a little kid, it was like, I know I'm special because God don't make no junk. You yeah. know, I still <laughs> yeah. remember that T-shirt, yeah, I remember. but it was so I've cool because it's, but it, and, and it's simple and it's, you know, a little kiddy, but it, but it, the, the message resounded with me it's still to this day. Um so you know not it doesn't mean you're destined to rule the world, but you are destined uh to do good you are d- d- uh, destined and if you're blessed in some way with time, talent, treasure as we all are in one way or another, that it's okay, and we can embrace that and we can turn that back um and serve God because we were made we were made to be we are his precious children uh and I'll leave it there. God don't make no junk. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm thinking to back to my first or second talk. He didn't bring this up at every talk, but he did bring it up two or three times where he said he was, you know, bef- the night before one of the talks, he was just his a, a two-month old son, um, Joshua, and he said I was just holding him in the palm of my hand, mm-hmm. looking at him. He said I was just he was my he's my delight. He said I was just looking into his eyes. And he said, and all I wanted from him was just for him to look back at me and smile, you know, or do something. He said, it didn't matter that while I was holding him, he pooped his diaper. You know, it didn't <laughs> didn't matter. He said, and that's what he, he was making, you know, the comparisons. That's the way it is with God. He, he knows what you've done wrong. He knows you pooped your diaper. He knows you got troubles. He knows things aren't good. But he just wants to love you. He just wants to gaze into you. You're his delight, and he just wants you to look back and smile at him. You know, He just wants you. To, and that, that really stuck with me yeah. to the point where I even wrote that little that thing down in my journal so I can remember it. But, yeah. uh,
1: So uh, perfectionism could be the obstacle to holiness. Like God, yeah. God's calling us to be holy, and even the saints, I mean, they have some rough edges. Uh, you know, we're not perfect. We're going to poop our pants. We're going to mess up. We're going <laughs> to... You know, fall and then look at Peter depart. He's
3: sending away (laughs) the source of salvation. Depart from me. I don't, you know. Yeah. He should have been, stay here. I'm a sinful man, you know. But
2: yeah. Well, that's, that's a great point, Tom. Not not to be not to be moved over lightly. Yeah. Right. The reaction's not get away from me, I'm sinful. Well, the reaction is wait a minute, I'm s i am I need you more. You know, again, right. when 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 we're you know when we're bleeding from the artery, don't say, Oh, you're a doctor, no, go away from me. I'm it's to, <laughs> yeah. No. Come here, right? Yeah. So I mean, right, flip flip that around. And and when we're in the darkest moments, when we feel most unworthy or most apart, is the time to be most Uh, moving towards God as opposed to saying, go away. And that's a difficult lesson because we think, no, not this time, I've really done it. No, all the more reason, you know, to come back home.
1: And in our human relationships, we probably have that fear. Like, I don't want to show my parents that I failed the test. I don't want to show my boss that I don't know how to do something. I don't want to show my coach that I can't go to my left. You know, that we are, you know, we have this fear of being transparent uh, to our weaknesses, and then we bring that into our relationship with God, and like like Eric said, with his little baby, what a beautiful image, you know, like, you know. I remember one night I was with my son Thomas you know, late at night or like early in the morning, late at night for some, it was like three, four in the morning. I was getting ready for an early day, and he knocks on the the bathroom door and you know squints from the light, and I said, Oh, boy what do you want? He says, I don't want anything. I just want you. You know, like yeah. like that's yeah. that's God's longing, like Eric said, right. like just for us to gaze. Back into Him and spend just want to be with our Lord. So, uh, as we sign off today, let's pray for each other that we would, you know, break away into the silence just to be with our Heavenly Father. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100.